0: Blog Talk Radio. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to The Fantasy Gesture.
1: And we are in the spot. How's everybody tonight? Fantasy Justice here. Fantasy Justice Show coming to you live from the Eastburg, Florida. How's everybody doing? It's absolutely a beautiful night tonight. And uh, yeah, it is Saturday night. We are in the spot. Don't believe me? Just watch. You're going to find out. We are not intentionally showing off. What a great title for the show. We'll get into all that. We're brought to you by com, blog, talk, radio, com, Deep Obsession Charters, West Palm Beach. We'll get into all that a little bit later on. Folks, what a great – oh, man, I am – as you can tell, I am juiced tonight. It has been fantastic time. Absolutely loving sports. You know, baseball, we're coming out of the, all the – uh all-star game and the home run derby my boy judge and all that. And we're all happy about that. And there all the reports I've been getting uh, on Nico Hersher, the uh, devil's pick. He's doing great and early in the camps and, you know, uh, just, it, it's been, a, I'm just having so much fun. I'm just having so much fun. And I hope all of you are enjoying your sports in whatever part of the world you're listening to and literally whatever part of the world. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. We'll try not to disappoint all of you as we bring you. Like I said, we're not intentionally showing off. Let's see the write-up here. Is I always love the write-up, so it pops up on the board as a, as I start up the show in the studio here and on good old BlogTalkRadio.com. We are not intentionally showing off. Is it showing off or is it giving sports fans a wide range? Does it have to be straight-faced? Why can't we laugh? Ha-ha. He he! Give stats. Info. A little hearty ha-ha every once in a while. Yes. But it's true. It's true. Uh, We don't do this. It's not. uh, You know, some people think that. And, and, and yeah, it's true. Uh, If you stick around, you listen, if you're new to this, I'm going to be bringing in my sidekick, Jason Townsend, JT, And it says in the right up here, and and this part is true, the Jester show combined with JT brings you a fantasy sports one-two punch that no other show can match. Now that part I will stand by and I will challenge anybody to go ahead, invite JT and I into any one of your leagues, and I can promise you we'll come in there and have no problem with it. And I really, I put that challenge out there to anybody and to go ahead and be able to prove to you, it doesn't matter the format, it doesn't matter, you know, uh, Yahoo, ESPN, all that crap, CBS, I I don't care, give me 10 categories, give us 25 categories, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter the sport, it doesn't matter the sport, it's not like, oh, well, we just do football, we just do this, No, we talk about all sports, first of all, but as far as fantasy sports, it's all four major sports, and, you know, everybody knows we throw in wrestling, we throw in a little extreme sports, a little bit of everything, so we can't, it's not showing off, we're not trying to show off, we just so happen to be that much better than some of the better known for now, for now, better known. Other fantasy analysts out there and, and JT and I will keep coming at you Each and every week The numbers support us They show us the listeners to keep growing, keep growing Every week, every month And as long as that keeps happening There's no reason to stop So let's see what do we have for you tonight So that you can tell your friends Hey listen, just heard these guys They knock it out of the park Literally. So let's see what we have. MLB, are we sold? Are we? Are we sold on everyone's talk of the Dodgers and the Astros World Series? I mean, are, are, is, is that it? Call it in the second half? Uh, JT and I will talk about that. Right now we're getting ready for the second half of baseball and getting ready for the go time, if you will, In fantasy, you know, fantasy ends before the regular season of uh, baseball. So, you know, these next couple of weeks in particular, you want to start really making your move. If you're not already there, you want to get there. Jester's top five predictions for the second half. And JT will be giving his top five. So we're going to give you 10 fantasy names Buy or sell either either it's fool's gold. <laughs> Tell you, I miss grid- gridiron, guys. And we're going to get to talking about that in the coming weeks. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think there's an announcement on that next week, along with a special edition show. We've got a bunch coming up as far as football is concerned, too. Uh, anyway, getting back to baseball, though. So tonight, 10 players... 10 players for you to sit and listen to what we have to say. I know myself, I'm going to give you a third. I'm going to give you catcher. I'm going to give you outfield. I'm going to give you second base. I'm going to give you a pitcher. This is going to help your fantasy team. If you're already in my leagues and uh, JT's leagues, you already know the research that JT and I do to make these predictions why we are highly rated fantasy players then we're going to switch gears nba you know jt has his insight into uh fox versus ball you know the whole debate is going to be you know who's better is ball better You know, I mean, he's coming off a great week. JT didn't mind pointing out to me all week. Oh, look, another triple, that, 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 that. Yeah, okay, Uh, fantastic. Summer league, he's doing great. Um, I'm happy to see that. I'm just not saying, I'm not saying he's not talented, okay? Um, But it is A, summer league, and B, uh, I've never said that he wasn't talented. I just said that his father's going to cause more problems. We'll get into that later on. We'll talk about that and see what JT has to say. Um, we have, we're going to break down Tate. Tate Dello wrote this past week. It was out there. Fantasy tight ends, the top five fantasy tight ends in football. What was his list? What is JT's list? What do I have to say? Wrestling, WWE, you know, <laughs> What's up with Enzo a a, a bunch of you out there, if you're wrestling fans, uh, you know, Enzo and Cass are broken up and it seems like there's a lot going on. We'll discuss that later on. And uh, if we have time, Jester says by Canadian Uh, and now this is for your NHL fans out there. Jester says by Canadian. But who? what are we talking about there? Going to get into all that. We're going to have a little quick rant here. Uh, You know, JT is uh, going to be on Fez437 on Twitter. But before that happens, before that occurs, before the peace that is ends, if you will, I have what a bunch of you know called my rant. You know I've almost got into this and it's been on my it's been on my head's been on my head since I got it I've been challenged I've been challenged um to entertain now i i, I don't I don't understand how heck like, I take challenges folks I have no problem taking a friggin challenge from people but Okay, I got a challenge to go ahead and entertain like a jester. Now, take out the sports part of it. And um, in the jester mailbag, I was challenged to dance. I was challenged to come up with a dance video um, like a jester. Like, in other words, I was entertaining the king. Not as a sports (laughs) How do you come up with these things, folks? You know, listen, you want to pick on the loss of hair. Go ahead. I'm follically challenged. I'm challenged. I'm pizza challenged, too, if you took a look at me. I can't pass one up. But a a music dance video? Are you kidding me? Come on. And it's taken me all week to think about this. And to give you this, this is how we're kicking off the show. You know, you've heard my opening of... uh, Because I'm not pretty. No, seriously, folks. Um, a dance video, I guess, with uptown funk. Uh, how's that? How's that sound? Uh, is that sounding like? I, I, you're challenging the wrong person. I really don't care. I really don't care. First of all, the jester can dance. A uh, little known fact. So I really won't care. I just thought it was funny to entertain, like I'm the jester. Gotcha. I wasn't really talking about court jester, but I was talking about jester like ha ha he he funny man jokes, but I will entertain. I will entertain. I will come up. I think with a dance video, let me get JT in on this and and see what he says. Should I do this? This is stupid as hell. But anyway, folks, the one, the only fez four, three, seven on Twitter. The man himself coming to you from Texas tonight, Jason J.T. Townsend. J.T., how are you, man?
0: I was doing better until I thought about you dancing. Uh, I have to say, it sent a chill down my spine. I know, I know, we're not at Halloween yet, but that—that's a, definitely a scary thought. Are, are you?
1: Are you? I mean, when you say that, are you scared that it, it's going to be that horrible, or? Are you scared that, wow, he might actually pull this
0: off? Oh, no. You, you may pull out the, the Michael Jackson moves yourself. I mean, I don't doubt your, your prowess. It's just the actual physical sight of it just doesn't appeal to me. Well, you know, and that's the
1: thing. I've I've obviously discussed this uh, with Mrs. Jester, who, folks, those of you who came out to SharkCon <laughs> out, out in Tampa last week to see uh, Ryan Walton and the gang at Depot got to meet Mrs. Jester and uh I actually found my part Pardon me? Great lady. Yeah, she really I I'm I'm a lucky guy, but that's besides the point. Yes, um uh, no, she Yeah, I am. Uh everybody got to meet her and, and, and that was a fantastic thing. And then obviously, uh what would any event be without its time? Jester was actually on stage for part of it as well, too. So it was a great time out in Tampa. Everybody that attended SharkCon. Uh, thanks again for the hospitality, both uh, to myself and Mrs. Jester, everybody over at
0: Depot, Brian Walton and the game. You know, I got to throw this out there before we get started. Two things. You brought up Nico a little earlier in your opening. Uh, two things about Nico. First, if you yeah. remember correctly, I like, to, I like to pick a little better than you did. You know, yes, listening to some guys like Gary Thorne and a couple other guys who I respect what they have to say about the game of hockey, um, I've I non, not so much his skating ability, but I've heard several player comps uh, for him about a particular Russian-born player from the 90s uh, named Pavel Bure, as far as his offensive game. That's the, that's the ceiling they see, that type of player. Guy you know, Bure was a little shorter, a little smaller than him. Uh, hell of a skater on top of that. But if you get anything close to Pavel Bure from this guy, look out. And secondly, just before we go on tonight, I have to say, I was watching a little Iron Man 3, and I thought back to our good friend Luke Aikens on the show, and I actually saw his part in the movie. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and, and I've seen it, and they get that nice, uh, nice up close to him as he's the last guy that Iron Man catches. And I got a good laugh just thinking back, talking to Luke Aikens on one of our previous shows. So uh, it was definitely
1: a good watch. Yeah, exactly. You know, be, and before we'll get back on the subject, folks, if this happens if you're new to the show, this will happen. When we get back on topic, we give you great stuff. Don't worry. And sit back, enjoy, grab a cold drink and just enjoy. Uh, Luke Aikens was on an um, absolutely fantastic interview. He, uh, he's the young man. If you've had the opportunity to go uh, see the video, Heaven Sent, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen the video, Heaven Sent, go see it. Luke Aikens drops 25,000 feet, no parachute to the earth. And uh, is caught in basically what I believe is akin to a gauze pad. When it's that small, that is ridiculous. And uh, we had him on the show. And as a matter of fact, uh, I can't wait. I want to talk to him again, have him on the show again. Uh, I guess he's coming out with a whole new... Stunk to do so. Uh, Yeah, I want to have him on, find out about that. Because remember, you know, you can go ahead on fantasyjusticesports.com, iTunes, and all that. Check out archive shows, uh, and in particular this one. You'll hear him talk about plenty of the dive itself and and everything, including the part where when he was first – Pitched the plan he said no he didn't think it could be done so it'll be interesting to see what he does next uh, without a question Uh, Hmm. as far as Nico let's back up we'll keep backing up until we get back to the beginning here as far as Nico goes um, uh, Nico is getting a lot of praise early from a lot of reputable people in the game the pro- The thing, the problem is, is going to be, is how soon is he ready? How soon can his frame handle it? As far as everything I've heard from uh, everyone over uh, in New Jersey, some of the big names that uh, cover the, the the Jersey Devils, including Ken Danico and such. Uh, you got Ken, Kenny Danico, uh, Mister Happy Pants. You've got uh, a couple other guys on Twitter now that I'm starting to talk to on a regular basis. Everybody talks about one thing, and that is just how smooth he is skating, stick handling, setting things up. Uh, it has really been uh, the talk of the camp is that he's a little bit more than a lot of people were, were thinking once they saw him live now. And uh, happy to hear that. Backing up further. Getting to the uh, Jester dance. You know, I, I mentioned that to Mrs. Jester, and here, here's the curse of being fat, folks. You know, I can do probably the same moves, and I'll, I'll go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and see what I can do, okay? I'm going to come up with a dance video. And I'll probably be able to come up with some of the, some great moves, okay, that if I was a young, thin guy, you'd go, wow, this guy can dance, Okay, but no, you'll look at me and you're going to go, wow, this fat old guy is funny looking to watch. And that's what's going to happen. The bearded blue guy is going to nail it. I'm going to be able to nail whatever. I, I'll come up with something, obviously. I'm going to come up with something to make it look good, too. But in the end, it'll lose its shine because I'm fat. And if I was thin... I, I, I Everybody be talking about how great it was. It's terrible. It's terrible. I can't help it. I like, uh, I like pizza and uh, well, whatever. What are you going to do? I'm cursed. I'm cursed. I have no hair either. Why do you think I'm always ornery? Anyway, let's get to sports. JT, MLB. Are you as sold as everybody on this Dodgers Astros world series? Is it a done deal?
0: You know, looking at the way both of these teams are playing, and in, in, in the Astros' case, without one of their best pitchers in Dallas Keuchel and uh, Colin McHugh, you know, you think, yeah, you know, that's they're playing great. Both teams seem like uh, teams that are destined to meet up. But I still remember there's that guy named Clayton Kershaw. That's you know, it's kind of like the old Directv commercial. You got cable Lebron James and Directv Lebron James. Well, you got regular season Clayton Kershaw. And you got postseason Clayton Kershaw, which are a totally different animal. Um, Rich Hill's not having the year that they expected him to have. You know, the Dodgers are, are doing well now. But I, as you, and I'll give you credit on this, as you've pointed out to me several times, Hilliard's heel for the Astros is going to be that pen. And uh, I still think that our good friend Jim Rosenhaus and the Indians are going to make a move here at the deadline. And I still think they're going to be the team to beat in the AL. So, I'm not completely sold on the Astros yet, uh, as far as the AL representative. As far as the NL goes, the NL West has three teams that I think have something to say. I mean, you got David Dahl coming back to that Rockies lineup. Uh, the Diamondbacks are playing some good baseball, and you got the Dodgers. So I think the representative comes out of the NL West, but I'm not completely sold on the Dodgers yet either.
1: Not sold on
0: Milwaukee. Not sold on Washington. I mean, Washington's a team that's, that's supposedly been that team for several years. I think uh, Trey Turner's loss is going to hurt them uh, a lot more than, than people realize, especially when they go station. There's games where they have to play station to station, and they don't have that kind of speed on the base paths that Trey Turner provided, not to mention a guy that was extremely underrated defensively. Uh, when you look at his game, really smooth out in the field. Um, you know, you talk about the Brewers. I think the Brewers are one of those new teams that need to learn how to win consistently. When it gets to August, and, you know they're a team that's really not been relevant a long time. Let's see how they handle the pressure down the stretch when the Cubbies are trying to nip at their heels.
1: You know, as I sat and I looked, and I'll start <clears throat> National League on this one, uh, folks. Uh, I, I'm not so I, I'm not so on both teams honestly yet. And there's a lot of ball to be played, and there's a lot of things that could still happen yet, not just those teams. See, I, I, the Dodgers, okay, I, I think you might see a different Hersheiser this year in the playoffs because he's got Wood oh, behind him. I mean, uh, what, who did I say?
0: Hershiser.
1: Hersheiser? <laughs> Oral hasn't played went, in a while.
0: He went 1980s. He went 1980s on me, man.
1: Um, no, Kershaw uh, doesn't have to be the man and and, and have that pressure because his number two this year is just as good, if you will, in wood. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, uh, you know, he knows that. Yeah, all right, I, I even if I have a subpar effort, this team isn't counting on just me, uh, and I think maybe that might be. little different listen we've seen that happen before in playoff team uh, a player where like peyton manning and then all of a sudden you get over the bugaboo you win one and everybody's all happy that you know what i'm saying so uh i'm not so much worried about the dodgers uh and and kershaw and all that i think a team that's going to come up to them even without turner is the Nationals, and I'll tell you why for a couple of reasons. One, as far as speed, once Taylor comes back, he still provides enough speed at the top of that lineup to go ahead and produce some runs. The other part of it, though, is this. Just before uh, we came on air, just before I came into the studio and all, I was watching the Nationals uh, broadcast, and they were talking about how the Nationals are trying to make a move for both Madsen and Doolittle to shore up that back end. Now, if you go ahead and now you bring in a Madsen and a Doolittle onto that back end, the Nationals will have something to say because they have the one-two punch of pitching up front to get through a series with the Dodgers and a back Uh end to hold it. And a back end now to hold it, if you go ahead, you get Madsen, I like him a lot. And Doolittle is, is no sloucher.
0: I'm with you. What? I mean, uh, being an A's fan, I love both those pitchers. Doolittle, mm-hmm. though, is, is, a, is a glass cannon. Um, yeah, he's fragile. You know, that's his biggest problem is he's a glass cannon uh, from the left side, you know, a converted first baseman that just always seems to break down as the year goes every year. Uh, Madison. Mm-hmm. A guy that we talked about the other day Who did it with Kansas City So I can't can fault your logical on him at all
1: uh, It's going to be interesting to see If Washington shores up that back end Like they're talking about doing And they've been talking about it Talking about it And I guess they're trying to see What best deal they can come up with As uh, the trade deadline uh, comes around We'll talk about that in a minute too Um No if they shore up their back end. Now, I can let's go over to the American League. And in the American League, Houston has yeah, only really one deficiency and it's the only one. And I do believe that Cleveland and Boston will probably likely still be the uh teams to deal uh-huh. with. And okay. I think one of the guys, we've mentioned him before, and we're going to be talking about him later, uh, and Devers is going to help shore up that third base hole. Um, Cleveland, and we'll get into all that. We'll get into our top five fantasy predictions because it ties into that in a minute too. So, um, folks, next week, JT and I on this very show, on the Fantasy Justice Show, are going to have a special segment dealing with the trade deadline and the fantasy implications from what has gone on and also what could potentially go on in that last week and the fantasy implications that arise from that. So don't forget, join us next week for your complete coverage of the trade deadline and what it's going to do to your team and what it means to your fantasy prospects getting to the fantasy prospects and the predictions, the predictions that you're going to need to finish out the rest of your season. JT and I have both compiled five players that we want to talk to you just a little bit about. We're not going to kill you on it. We're going to leave you to do some of the work and see why we're talking about them, but we're going to talk about them. And, uh, JT, go ahead. I'll I'll, I'll let you start out. Give give your first player,
0: good or bad, up or down, which way are we heading with whom? Well, you know, when I first mentioned this player's name, a lot of people are going to think, duh. But then you look at his season, uh, third base, Manny Machado out in Baltimore, first time he wasn't an all-star. Talking about a guy that, as of three weeks ago, was batting .214. You know, a lot of people forgot about this kid. Yeah, he's got 18, 19 home runs. He's got the power. He's striking out a little bit more than he has in the past. Uh, But you look over the last few weeks, he's raised his average up to 234. I mean, at this point in the season, to jump 20 points in three weeks means you're raking, you're hitting the ball. Um, You're talking about a guy that's in a great lineup, in a great ballpark. And one of my keys that I always talk about in any fantasy sport is the guy also is a gold glove defensive player, which means he's not going to be taken off the field when he's batting 214. He's going to get his opportunity to write the ship. Balls in play, batting average on balls in play, a statistic I mm-hmm. like a lot. That's balls in play that do not include home runs. The guy is batting 239, but he's a career 302. And that statistic, it's going to write itself out, and it's it. now. So. You know, it's it's showing. It's starting to right the ship. So that's a guy that a lot, I think a lot of people have forgotten about and a guy that can be had and go get it. You know, um,
1: agreed, agreed. That's somebody that you can you probably go ahead and buy low right now, lower than you'd get him at any other time uh, without a question. And it is a fantastic stat. For those of you new to fantasy sports, your hitters I call it BABIP, BABIP it's under your stats when you take a look at your stats take a look at that number okay your better hitters are going to be uh, well over 3.0 take a look at that and uh that's always a good indicator of where they're going or, or they're what you can expect from them uh <clears throat> speaking of what to expect from somebody you know we we mentioned briefly on a past show and uh it's somebody who just got called up to AAA. We mentioned it just a couple of minutes ago regarding Boston, Rafael Devers. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a young man that just got brought up to AAA. And coincidentally, at the same time, uh, Peralta gets uh, sent out of Boston and Pablo Sandoval both get sent out of Boston. So it's not going to be much longer. I, I, me personally, I was saying about two, two to three weeks. JT's been saying about ten to fourteen days, right, Jay?
0: That's where I'm. You figuring? At, yeah,
1: ten to fourteen. But the thing with this kid is, is this—he's uh, incredibly steady. It doesn't matter. He's a young man, twenty years old. But every league he's gone to, he just hits. He, he he just hits and hits, and nothing changes. His average doesn't change. His slugging percentage doesn't change. As a matter of fact, he gets stronger as he's moving up in levels, folks. Up the ladder. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's moving up the ladder. His slugging percentage goes up as he's moving up the ladder. His on-base p- percentage, so his OPS is going up. His average goes up. As he's going up the ladder, supposed to be getting to tougher competition, he's like, yeah, I don't see it. He goes ahead and can
0: hit for power, and he can get you stolen yes. bases. You, so, you know, you you bring him up. I love this. I love this this guy that you bring up in Devers, and I just want to say that the guy he reminds me of, and it's kind of the same trek that Boston is putting through, is more mm-hmm. of a Xander Bogerts with a little bit more pop. Cause it's the exact same thing they did with Xander Bogart. He worked his way up, hit for a high average each, each level. Uh, and, and look at the guy's one of the best shortstops and fantasy shortstops in the game. So I love this pick on your part. He, okay.
1: Well, but and I'll give you an idea folks, just to give you a, give you a small little taste. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who in the last 30 days has hit seven home runs, 17 RBIs. Okay. And, and, and hit for, and hit nicely and has a uh, an OPS over a thousand at at that same time, a guy that hits with that kind of power also only has a strikeout rate of less than 17% during that time. Unbelievable uh, control for a young man still early, still learning his craft to be this good, this early. If uh, you have a dynasty league, young man, you want to pick up, make sure you grab. If you have a redraft league, Pick him up, stash him. If you're in a position, especially in a redraft league, where you're hovering around uh, the playoff spot or near enough that you can go ahead, or you've already got a playoff spot, you're you're in secure position. You need somebody to stash so that you have a hot bat for later. This kid just does not stop hitting wherever he goes. Uh, third base, Boston. There you go. I mean, JT, who do you have next?
0: Well, let's go to the uh let's go to the pitcher side. A kid in Tampa Bay, Jacob Faria, mm-hmm. guy that's uh out of his first six starts, uh two point one one ERA, point nine seven whip, and just at nine Ks per nine innings, uh hasn't given up more than three runs in any game. Uh several games where he's only given up one run. Uh and on a team that again, not a great team, but when you're, you know, when you, when you have stuff like this kid does, which if you go back and look at his career in, in, the man, in the minor, especially in AAA and Durham, a guy that's pretty consistent. When you look at those numbers he's got now, pretty consistent with what he does. Just a guy that goes out there every day. He's not going to blow you away with a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He's got movement. He's got a two-seam, four-seam fastball, knows how to mix them in and a nice change-up a guy that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, but a guy that can fill every single starting pitcher's category and he gets his strikeouts without that 100-mile-an-hour fastball. So a guy that uh, I've enjoyed watching and a guy that I think people should take a look at as the season goes on because Tampa Bay, they're going to have their young pitchers up. They're going to see what they have for the future. This kid's not going anywhere. Uh, I think definitely more teams need to take a look at him.
1: Tampa Bay, for those of you out there, is a currently a fantasy goldmine of people that are available. This young man that they're talking about, that JT's talking about, and, and here uh, and here's why. I can surprise a bunch of people right now if I ask them who currently is in second place in the AL East. It's the Tampa Bay Rays, uh-huh. folks. It's the Tampa Bay Rays, and I'll tell you, they're starting to get healthy. Guy that's available in the you know you got you got Faria, who JT, great guy to give. Okay, great person to go ahead and snatch off that wire. Going to be behind with a team that is picking it up little by little offensively. Now, if you want to grab him and he's available. Uh, multi-positional, you know how JT and I feel about multi-positional players, Brad Miller second base, he's got Mm. second base (laughs) shortstop, some in in some weeks, second base shortstop, first base, guy who's hit yes, guy who's hit 20 homers or more, so he's available you know, it's just a team that you can grab these guys, nobody's paying attention nobody understands that Tampa out of nowhere, folks. You know, for you wrestling fans, it's an RKO out of nowhere. Tampa out of nowhere, literally. You know, you got Wilson Ramos getting ramped up, coming back off of the injury. He he plays two games, he's off one game, plays two games, off one game. But in those games that he's going to play in the week, highly productive. So it's a little fantasy hotbed over there. One of the guys that I'm going to mention – an outfielder from Milwaukee. He he had a, he had a quick cup of coffee, struggled, went back down. He's gotten it back together. as Lewis Brinson? We've talked about him in the past. He came up and, and JT. You know, sometimes it happens with the young people. You know, they, they get either starstruck or <laughs> blown away. You know, whatever happens. Hey, listen. I know. I'd be crapping egg rolls. Okay, yeah, in my first uh, time
0: or- Yeah, and and to defend your position on that, I had this uh, same exact discussion with a member in one of our leagues that decided that Brinson wasn't any good and decided to tell me about it. Uh, And I said, well, you know, there was this guy that came up a few years back during the middle of the season named Mike Trout, who did absolutely horrific when he came up, did absolutely nothing. All these people that had him in the dynasty league dumped him. I scooped him up in every one of them. The well, last time I checked, Mike Trout's a decent player, and I'm not saying Brinson's Trout, but it, it goes to exactly what you're saying. Even the best player in baseball, stroke center field's a tough place to play when you come up.
1: No, they have, uh, people need to understand one thing about Brinson, uh, and you can't take this away from him. At the age of 23 this year and 22 last year, both years, he hit 382 and 339. Respectively, in AAA, with an OPS at 985 one year and over a thousand another year, his career OPS, uh, OPS is over a thousand in AAA. This is this is somebody that came up. Whatever happened, came. He's gone back down. He has found his stroke again. You just yeah, don't lose it. Pride. It just goes away temporarily, probably. You know, I, hey, listen, it happens. But over the last 14 days, he is currently batting 467. So I think <laughs> he found it again, folks. And it now I'm like sure it. we'll be wanting to make a point. So Lewis Brinson, I'm sure, is available in most leagues uh, in ESPN. I know he's hardly owned in ESPN. So uh and Yahoo the last time I looked was 27% on Brinson. Okay. So some people to pick up guys, some people to pick up move it along JT, who do you have good or bad?
0: Well, well, you know, there's a guy that I'm going to go with on the one more good side here. Guy that you uh you know all too well, third base, second base, shortstop. St. Louis, Paul DeJong, guy that's been up for, what, about 113 at-bats, batting over 300, nine homers, uh, several, you know, I think 30 RBIs around there, but a guy that's really uh, caught the attention of the Cardinals organization, a guy they really like who's come up and done great, multi-position eligibility, like you said, uh, great hitters park, uh, a guy that more people need to take a look like. The kid has some, some average and some power capability, so... Um, only 37% owned. Um, middle of the infield is a tough position to get a player that puts up those kind of numbers in your stat, you know, stat stuffer, if you will. So, you uh, I, I turned me on to looking at this kid, and definitely like what I see.
1: Yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, he, they weren't sure. He's he's very young. He's very young. So when they brought him up. It was just on a temporary basis to see if he would still handle it. Uh, but yeah, you're talking about a nice young hitter. They were concerned uh, about the age, and he, he does he has tendencies uh, uh, of going through streaks, high strikeout rate. So, uh, but to dates so far, he he seems to be performing well. ESPN, yeah, he's a uh, three position in ESPN. Getting back to Lewis Brinson, too, just real quick. Uh, Yahoo, 5% owned, folks. 5% owned. Scoop him up. You got to remember a couple of things, too, about the Brewers, okay? Uh, Ryan Brun keeps getting dinged. And it seems like this year more than any other, he keeps having dings, dents, age starting to show. The other one that you want to think about as well is the idea that Thames is going to need to play first base more often? They're going to need to save his legs. He had some leg issues at the beginning of the year. He's showing leg issue pro- uh, 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 issue problems at the plate. As far as his average is dropping, a guy that used to be able to collect a lot of base on balls. Is now trying to overcompensate and swing at everything because I, I have no idea because he's struggling or whatever, and, and he's not getting to the pitches that he used to. And so now he's striking out more. So you're going to have to keep him at first. Got to save his legs. And got to remember one thing, he's not used to playing a full year either in the major league. So another thing, it's a long grinding season a good reason to keep themes. you have to keep them there. And if you've got a constantly injured brawn, Brinson becomes a nice piece to go ahead, hold on to even even before the September call-ups he'll be up. So, again, mm-hmm. um, and then talking about the kid that you're talking about, DeJong, okay, Paul DeJong, you know, again, folks, multi-positional, second, third, shortstop, that's both on ESPN, And on Yahoo, okay? Yahoo, folks, you're sleeping out there. Forty-seven (laughs) percent in Yahoo. Forty-seven percent for a guy. Yeah, but no, no, I'm talking about in Yahoo. I don't know what it is in uh in uh. He's gone up by thirty-nine percent in the last day. Wow. Oh,
0: people are starting to see him.
1: Yeah. So go ahead, grab him. Uh, I'm going ahead this one here for me I'm going to shoot one down I'm going to shoot one down Uh because a bunch of people talk about him as one of the top pitching prospects and can't wait to see him and uh, and, and I got to be honest with you to date I haven't seen it 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 is Lucas Giolito for Chicago you know I keep hearing how how this kid's all that and I'm waiting to see it you know triple a this year he's got just a tick under five ERA last year Washington a couple games over six almost seven ERA you're talking about a guy who's had a, a, a it's just he he's struggling and, and this year triple a He has half as many walks as he does strikes. I mean, it's just Uh he's he he's that typical guy. And here's what's funny though: he once upon a time he was pretty decent down in the minors, in A ball, in A ball. Let me say that again, in A ball. But then he moved to Double A. And they didn't see that when they moved him from Triple A, and ever since he got to Triple A and above, he has struggled. That's the problem. <laughs> he had a, he had a decent. He had listen. He hit Triple A when he was twenty one years old. Okay, and uh, he did seven games. He did well those first seven games. They got film on him, and after that. That's it. He hasn't been able to do anything. The kid's hittable. all right. And and, and I keep hearing uh, he, he's he's one of the top one of the top pitching prospects yet to come up. Stay away, stay away. I I, I until I can see it on a regular basis, folks. I I, I still haven't seen it. Got to be honest with you, JT. I don't know if I, maybe uh, you see something well, I, mean, I don't. Yeah. I
0: don't know. I I know it was it? three or four of his last five starts he's been in the double-digit cave. Um, it, you know, we got a guy that, that had Tommy John surgery uh, a few years back. I think a guy that, you know, went from the National League with the Nationals to the American League, which to me is always a red flag when I look at pitching. I do not like pitchers, young pitchers that go from the NL to the AL – just because it, to me, is such a different beast as far as the hitters and the lineups, obviously with the DH, but some of the ballparks as well. But I agree. I haven't seen enough for me to uh, buy in on that kid yet either. Yeah, no. His uh, his last 30 days, his ERA is
1: 5.34. Uh, last 14 days, 6.30. So
0: uh, definitely getting hit around again. But, you know, and his, you're talking whip, about guys,
1: his whip is going up. It's just, yeah, he's not showing you're what he should it. be showing. A guy that's had a cup of coffee exactly. in, in the majors
0: should be blowing away these uh, kids down in AAA. Oh. Easy player comparison there. It's the same thing as Archie Bradley, a guy that's better suited for that one to two inning out of the bullpen role where Archie Bradley's turned into an all-star. Um, I think G is going to be better suited for that as well. You know, you're talking about guys to stay away from a guy that yeah. we told people about a little over a month, month and a half ago, when we were talking about when you have, you know, baseball is a funny sport, but the best part about baseball is pay attention to the their career numbers if they have three or four years. Guys, they are what they are. Most of the time they're going to be around those numbers. And a guy like Eugenio Suarez, over the last 30 days, he's batting 178, 26 Ks, mm-hmm. and 73 at bats a guy that at one point was the number two rated third baseman in baseball for the Cincinnati Reds, we told you at that point, you trade that guy. Trade him now. Get what you can. You're going, to get a, you're going to get a ton for this kid for the numbers. And the other thing to think about with this kid is there's a guy named Nick Senzel who's just waiting to steal that kid's spot. Top ten prospect in all the baseball. Cincinnati loves this kid. So you know, guys like Suarez, you gotta you gotta get something for that kind of guy when they're hot because if you look at his career numbers, he's down to two fifty four now on the season, which is right around where the guy's hit for his career. So that's a guy that if you didn't dump him already, I think it's time you cut your losses and move on.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh I, I I I you know, I I don't I don't disagree with you. Uh, I think No, Yeah, you know what As I sit here and think, at first I wasn't Too, uh, and the more I think about it I think I, I think I like that one Jay, I, I really do Hmm Alright, but you know what, let's go ahead we, We've got a couple more Uh, I've got two Uh, that I'll be going ahead and giving as well And then we'll go ahead and we'll move on to the rest of the show In, uh, just a couple of seconds Here, have to pay some Bills uh, real quick, and uh, obviously, you are listening to FantasyJesterSports.com's best damn podcast, the Fantasy Jester Show. You know, FantasyJesterSports.com brings you not just the Fantasy Jester Show, but also, but also, the FXE Live show on Wednesdays. Don't forget to tune in to that, and that's a member of FantasyJusticeSports.com. Uh, it makes me real happy to talk about how they just keep adding writers more and more content you know we it's trying to get to the point where each and every day and i think we're there now you get a new article each and every day as we continue to grow the website you know started out with one writer started out with two writers that we built up and if you go Look right now. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Sound the trumpets. Do whatever you have to. One of our newest writers, folks, you hear him here on the show every damn week, Jason Townsend actually wrote an article for FantasyJesterSports.com. He sure did. Actually, it was uh, it was actually... Really, really good And uh, we're looking forward to more From uh, JT In the coming weeks uh, and, uh, Glad to have him in the ranks of uh, Writers for FantasyJusticeSports.com As always brought to you by Blog Talk Radio Bringing crystal clear sound So you can still hear me
0: How you doing?
1: Also, BreadFromYourBed.com Your personal finance Blog, folks If you need some extra cash BreadFromYourBed.com If you want an extra $20 for 10 minutes BreadFromYourBed.com If you want help with a website social media BreadFromYourBed.com If you want to go and get your idea out there, create your own business from FredFromYourBed.com. That's right, folks. Join the gang there are full, 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 full service. And I mean full service. Personal finance blog. They will help you seven ways to Sunday make more money than you currently are today. Tell them the jester sent you and find out how to get your free five-page website. Redfrom.com. Then obviously deep obsession charters. West Palm Beach. Oh my God, those those crazy people down there. I'll tell you. Fantastic. You know, one of the best things about being in SharkCon 2017 in Tampa was being around the Deep Obsession Charter gang. And you know, being around them. On some of their dives, Mrs. Jester dives with them, and being able to learn firsthand why they are good, why they are so good, why you should go there. You know, you can see interesting stuff anywhere. You really can. And and don't get me wrong. You've got the Blue Heron Bridge there. You've got uh, reef dives. You've got wreck dives, boat and plane dives there. And uh, all that. But does it come with the personal touch that Deep Obsession Charters offers? Does it come with the experience? They're dive masters, not just Ryan. I'm talking about Roger and the gang. Okay, fantastic dive masters make you feel safe, too that You're with experienced divers so that you can concentrate on enjoying and having a good time. It adds to the laughter, adds to the family feel on the boat, deep obsession charters, You'll find out. I haven't mentioned the best part about deep obsession chargers or Ryan Walton himself, either one, the shark dives, no cage, that's right. Find out what these creatures are really about and the conservation that they need, the efforts that are underway. And actually the fantasy gesture, will be talking about this in the coming weeks, how I will be joining the efforts to join the fight that is currently going on. You know, the more and more I learn about what's going on with the world population of sharks and what it could mean to the ecosystem, uh, it's really shocking, and uh, I'll be sharing those stories as well uh, uh, in my personal life uh, with all my friends and all that. So, folks, again, great dives, good times, deep obsession charters, learn about what's going on in our oceans. Uh, you know, our lives might depend on it. Crazy thing, huh? Also, don't forget, Fantasy Jester Show is also brought to you by the Land Metalcraft Volusia County, your place to go for anything custom metal, Diane Metalcraft. Then on our national level, for all our peeps across the country in the good old United States, 84 lumber, all your building needs. Go see the big box stores. I don't care. Go check them out. And then go see the quality of the materials and the prices at 84 lumber. You've got something to build. 84 Lumber has what you need. All right. We paid enough bills. We're going to move along. Folks, you know, I'm going to bring JT in and uh, we're going to talk about baseball some more. We're going to get to the other sports. And uh, as the show says, we're not intentionally showing off. uh, We can't help it. We can't help it. This is what we do. I could literally go ahead and I probably should start going ahead and just taping uh JT's and mind conversation uh, at, at any given time on the phone. It, it turns into, Hey, how you doing? Oh, good. How you been? Oh, work, man. Work. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah, me too. Hot here. Yep. Yep. Hot here too. And then right into sports. And the rest of that conversation, Matthew Berry, would be privileged to be able to listen to. Let me bring him in. The one, the only, and my partner in all through of all of this, JT. Jason, my man. It's the truth though.
0: It really is. It's
1: the truth. Uh, Our conversations, our regular conversations. I'm sorry? I said and they go on for hours. That's what's, uh, yeah, uh, you know, and that's what's great about sports is um, if you know enough about sports and you talk about enough sports, uh, you know, such as JT, because pretty much we do cover each and every sport in any given conversation, and uh, we really don't run out of topics. We usually run out of time because either one of us is dog-ass tired or headed to work, one of the two. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. True story, folks, true story. You know, um, one of the guys I'm going to throw out to you folks, okay, and I am going to catch probably all kinds of hell for this uh, from Jim Rosenhouse. I'm bucking oh, what Jim had to say. You know, folks, if you listen to the Fantasy Justice Show, yeah, see, I, I'm already going to get it from JT as well. Um, Jim Rosenhouse, Cleveland Indians Radio, announcer, a great friend of the show. has been on several times. Uh, recently was on talking about how Francisco Mejia will not see the big leagues this year. Now, he's their catcher, fantastic hitter. And uh, I have to disagree. And, be, and and before I disagree as well, um, for those of you who don't know, we've also talked to Jim about moving up the MVP ladder, see, because we hold a, a vital role, I believe, in the success of the Cleveland Indians last year. And uh, last year, we ended up fourth on the MVP list with Jim Rosenhaus. That's where he put us. And I'm bucking for second and third place this year. I'd never want the first place that would actually go to the real player. Uh, But, you know, the thing is this. One of the uh, things that we talked about with Jim was having a much better average than what they had at the time we talked. See, I had told Jim that the Cleveland Indians were struggling because he hadn't been on the show yet, and now that he's on the show, JT, when he came on, uh, I believe they were three games over 500. Correct? I believe
0: so. Yeah, three games.
1: Yeah, and uh, and in that short time, they are now currently seven games. Correct? Yeah, yeah, they're they're on a little bit of a. A little bit of an upswing there. So, yeah, four game plus four. All of a sudden. Yeah, uh, since that time, uh, I called plus 10. I called 13 games over 500 by the end of the season, and uh, we're already four games over, and we've got half a season to go. Uh, I'm telling you, we are – you're going to laugh. We hold value, you know, much like Joe Boo did. We hold
0: value. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Joe Boo, though. Come on. It's Joe Boo. You can't beat Joe Boo.
1: But seriously, folks, Francisco Mejia, let's let's get back to being serious for a second here, all right? Let's get to the numbers. The Mm -hmm. real numbers say this, okay? The real numbers say that in the last – in the last – Three leagues that this young man has been in, he's hit three forty seven, three thirty three, and now as he moved up to Double A, uh, .335. Uh, he currently has the best OPS as he keeps moving up in the leagues. Another one of those. This is this is just like Devers. They, 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 he's moving up and he's getting better. He's facing tougher competition and he keeps doing better. Now I, I understand and I respect what. Jim had to say about not seeing him, but a kid with this kind of power okay, uh, and this kind of bat who only strikes out at a 13% clip, a young man that strikes out only at 13% with that kind of power, that kind of average, is a bat that you're going to require down the stretch. Now, will he catch all the time? No. I understand what Jim's talking about. But I'm sure that there's players on that – there's pitchers on that staff that this kid can get along with, that he can work with. And they'll find out which ones, okay, you don't put him – I wouldn't put him, say, with a Salazar when he comes back. You want an experienced pitcher keeping Salazar's head in the game, say. Okay. that That's just me. Uh-huh. That's just me. Uh, but I can't see not having Mahia's back down the stretch – from the catcher's position when you're trying to go ahead. uh, I don't know. You're trying to get in this race. Your catcher is your weakness. Your catcher is your weakness uh, as far as batting average. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to disagree with uh, him on that one. And, folks, we're going to find out. There is a fantasy jester prediction that I'm going against somebody that has I'm willing to bet he's got pretty good inside information on Mr. Mejia. I'm going to argue him on you this. You were yeah. Going to find out if I'm right
0: or wrong. We'll see. JT, we'll you got anybody else? Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll stick around. We'll talk uh, Oakland A's. I, and I want to be able to say that because I don't think I'm going to be able to call him this much longer. But Oakland A's starting pitcher Sonny Gray, over the last 30 days, has a 2.89 ERA. Uh, I mean, really, right at the ship, 1.02 WHIP. 7.71 case per nine. Talked about a guy last night that there were rumors flying around that he'd been scratched because he's about to get traded. But then they threw him out there against the defending AL champion Indians uh, with six shutout innings. So you're talking about a guy that just two years ago was one of the brightest young pitchers in all of baseball. I think he got fatigued personally. He had a couple nagging injuries. It took him a little while to get right. But uh, this is a guy that not enough people are paying attention to. And again, over the last 30 days, a 289 ERA for an Oakland A's team that, if you read my article, is lackluster at best as far as the support behind him. Uh, so this is a guy that people need to pay attention to. You know, you mentioned those Indians, there's the Brewers, the Cubs, I've heard the Yankees with the loss of Pineda. Um, So there's a lot of teams looking at this guy, and if he gets traded to one of these contending teams, now look at what's behind him. Think of what this kid can do if he can just relax and let it go. And I got to say this real quick. I don't see how the Cubs can be involved in this after the absolute king's ransom in Eloy Jimenez that they gave (laughs) up for Jose Quintana. Theo, you dropped the ball on that one, baby. Anyway, but yeah, Sonny Gray. Definitely, you got to pay attention
1: to. Nice, nice, yeah. Uh, wherever he goes, wherever he goes, and hey, you know, there's uh, Atlanta would like him, is what I'm hearing too. I mean, that that's crazy because they're starting to come on, and they've still got some young guys to come up and uh, a growing mm-hmm. team. Uh, I just uh, you, you you automatically think of the the. The contending teams to pick them up, and it could be somebody else, you know. Uh, there's a couple of teams in contention. I've heard, yeah, I've heard the Yankees uh, name mentioned. I depends on the price, mm
0: hmm. Oh, depends
1: absolutely. On what the price. Is. Um, I, I, you, because you kid's I'm not record, sold though, on this year being the year.
0: but Okay. Well, I mean, you look at the no, track so, record. No, 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 year. no,
1: because, okay, you're going to go ahead and they're going to spend – they're, they're, they're going to want one, if not two, big prospects in return. He's still got two years okay? of control after this. Two years of control after this.
0: That's what makes him so attractive.
1: No, no, no. I'm talking about what it does to your team, though, that you're currently building. Mm-hmm. You know, you're Fair so enough. close – you're close to an outfield, okay, with Frazier, Judge, and depending if the rumor is right, Harper moving to center. You've got you've got a, an infield that you set up the middle. So trade Gregorius. You don't need him now, but uh-huh. you need two corners. You need corners. You need starting pitching, and you need one more back end of the rotation guy because Tyler Clippard needs to. And and somebody please just send that kid down. He used to be good. Something's wrong somewhere. Send him down until he can find it and give somebody a chance.
0: What's up with the Tensis as well? I mean, the guy's a walk machine over his last few outings. I'm sorry? I said the tensus has hit the hiccups there over the last few outings as well, so you know, backside of the Yankees bullpen yeah. am uh, right now that, struggling. Though. So but, Yeah, no, I, way, I, I honestly I'm, just, I'm not real worried about that. I think it ends up being I think it ends up being the Brewers that probably go after him. Uh would I mind seeing Mr. Brinson patrolling center field in Oakland? No, I would not. All right.
1: Uh, all right, let's go ahead, let's switch gears Let's okay. touch on, let, let's get to NBA just real quick And then, because I really want to get to Tate's article uh, I want to make sure oh, we have no enough time, time. Um, So go real quick, give me your Fox, give me your Fox and, and Lonzo Ball What do you see for them uh, this year and and down the road? Who who, who would you you – who would you really – if you're the GM and you had a choice between one of the two, why would you take one of the two?
0: Well, I know there were a lot of people before the draft that thought the Lakers should have took the Aaron Fox uh, out of Kentucky, a guy who, you know, his shot 29% from from three-point land, a guy that, you know, his shot in his game, offensive game, needed some work, an unbelievable defender, uh, great passer. Um, a guy that looks like he has a bright future in the NBA. To me, he reminds me of another Kentucky point guard, Rajon Rondo, um, when he came out, guy that was a prolific passer, good defender, didn't have much of an offensive game. Uh, but when I look at Lonzo Ball and I look at the influence that a guy like Magic Johnson's had on him, another big point guard with a similar type of game, you know, the player comp for Lonzo Ball was Jason Kidd with a better shot. Now, Lonzo needs to still work on his shot. By, by no means is he an accomplished NBA shooter, but you look over the last week when he put three triple doubles up on the board, you got a guy that can rebound, offensive rebound. He sets players. I mean, his passing is already better than 75% of what I've seen in the NBA. And you look at the Lakers, you look at a guy that's a hometown kid right there from UCLA that wants to play for the Lakers. To me, there's a, it kind of reminds me of Andrew Miller saying he wished uh, he wanted to stay in New York. You don't let those kind of players get away. You know, this kid wanted to play in L.A. Easily, yeah, did it Der, Der, uh? Darren Fox outplay him in the head-to-head matchup? Yes, but I've also seen one or two players outplay Michael Jordan once in a, in a head-to-head matchup. Does that mean that they're better than Jordan? No. So when I look at this – I look at a kid that's already starting to take what Magic Johnson's teaching him because Magic is working with him uh, along with Luke Walton. And I see a guy that's starting to blossom where the one knock that I have heard on Mr. Fox is he's not exactly coachable. Again, reminds me of Rajon Rondo. So I like the Lonzo ball pick. I think the Lakers did the right thing. And I think when it's all said and done, Ball will be a much more accomplished NBA player than Fox ends up being. I've said it to you, uh,
1: I don't know, probably countless times just alone this week. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'll say it to the fans. His father scares me for the potential distraction, negative distraction that he could be. And you've said it. And I understand what you're saying And I respect what you're saying Because it comes from you That, you know, as part of his father's master plan I just don't think His father's that bright To have a master
0: plan like that I don't disagree with you That his father's an absolute tool Because he is And there's no way around it But it's already worked for him in the draft Because there were a lot of questions out there About Lonzo's offensive game at the end of last season you look during the draft process with all the smoke and guff and winds that his dad was blowing it took the microscope off Alonzo it really did it put it more on his dad um maybe his dad's just dumb lucky uh you know and that's what I think it is I don't think that this guy's that intelligent but let's look at it you know his dad over the past, this past week, when Lonzo's putting up triple-doubles, you haven't heard much from him. The week before that, when you came on the show last week and talked about his struggles, his dad was blowing wind left and right. So, to me, I wonder if he doesn't do that to try to take some heat off his kid. Hey, listen, if
1: that's what's going on, yeah, then it's brilliant, and, uh, you know, that's, that's great. Hey, listen, here's – let me let me get one thing straight too, about how I feel about his his father, okay, whether I think he's a buffoon or not, okay um I believe this, I believe he loves his son dearly. I believe, yeah, he could be trying to create some sort of distraction to also help his son. Uh, I believe he's also trying to get the most money for his son and the best things for uh-huh. his son and all that. I truly do believe that uh, I just believe. That maybe he it started out with the best of intentions, but I'm starting to wonder if he's not starting to like the sound of his own voice a <laughs> little too much now. I, agree. I saw you now, you know, we saw that play out. You know, for those of you again, uh, that are WWE fans, saw uh, Lonzo and his dad and his uh, brother on, uh, Raw And what happened was, A, B, forget what the brother said uh, 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 on, that was caught on mic, but we also saw that his father was co- going off script there. I mean, you, he couldn't contain himself to do what he was supposed to, and he was completely going off script there because he likes the sound of his own voice, even if he's in a place where he is completely... Completely the guest so I don't know uh, we'll see what kind of composure anyway I want to listen. We're, we're running for time here and I want to go ahead and switch into this football people want to know tight end list and all that and what Tate Dello one of our great writers here at fantasyjustersports.com had to say and uh, JT and I will be able to give some commentary on it he has his top five tight ends, and you can go read the article. It's up there right now. Uh, number one, Travis Kelce. Uh, two, Greg Olson. Uh, three, Jimmy Graham. Four, Jordan Reed. And five, Rob Gronkowski. And um, I uh, of those slots, I agree with one. Uh, JT, uh, and I'll leave that as my tease for my picks. JT, go uh-huh. ahead. You can go first. What do you see about his picks? What do you like about his positioning?
0: Where do you see difference? Um, I personally like Travis Kelsey at one. I think Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. When I look at the guy can stay on the field and play. Gronkowski, I'm sorry, yes, you're the most physically gifted tight end in the NFL, but I'm going to put you right there with Tyler Eifert, who should be in the top five as well. But you're not because you're always hurt. Uh, when I'm playing fantasy football, I don't want to have to sit here and carry three tight ends on my team because I took a guy like Gronk or Eifert, and they play three or four games, and they're out. So I'm going to factor injuries into my list for the tight end position. I like Kelsey at one. Okay, good. I like I, right. it. I, I like, hey, it. I like it before you continue. Yeah, mm-hmm. before you continue,
1: that's the only one I agreed with. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, I've got Kelsey at one, too. Go okay, good. For me, I do like Greg Olson. Uh, I think Greg Olson's the mm-hmm. best receiver on a Carolina team. I don't think he's going to really I me yes, mm-hmm. Is he getting a little bit older? Yes, but he's still a very productive guy with extremely good hands and does do the lost art of route running in the NFL. The guy can run a route. So uh, I, I, I still got to keep okay. Greg Olson up there in the number two spot. Uh, number three for me is one – Okay. okay, two I have also, yeah. Number three yeah. for me. Okay. One of your old favorites. I don't see how Delaney Walker isn't on this list. Uh you got a guy that every year in, in year in, year out, produces, uh, plays Nick. Guy has extreme blazing speed for the tight end position, but also knows how to block. So a guy that's not gonna be off the field and goal line in the short yarded situation, he'll still be on the field. So Delaney Walker somebody I thought should have been in that top five. Uh, number four okay. for me, looking at, looking at number four. You have Delaney Walker Duke at three, Georgia. though? Yes. Walker okay. for me at three. And, and you look at his young quarterback okay, in Mariota, a guy that's just getting better. So, uh, number four, a guy that's also plays hurt a lot, but I think is a guy that got that under control with his off-season conditioning for the first time. And a guy named Jordan Reed – Uh, I think we should expect to see big things with him and Kirk Cousins this season. Um, I'm banking on his uh, conditioning and getting himself in shape to help with some of the injuries that the guy's had over his career. So I have him there. And my number number five position, I want to throw a wild card out there. Um, Everything I read says that Antonio Gates is going to play a very limited role this season. And when I look at the way their offense is set up and the way Phillip Rivers leans on that tight end position – um, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see a guy like Hunter Henry this year really take another step forward. But I'm going based on talent and ability on this one. I also look at the receiving core there, and I think Hunter Henry could have an absolutely enormous year. So I know that's a bit of a wild card to come in at five, but I'm kind of looking at it like I did the Leonard Fournette pick back when we did running backs, a guy that I think is just going to burst on the scene this year.
1: Interesting. Interesting. I, I like that number five pick. I, I really do uh, because of the Gates situation and, and the, the, the team and the structure. I, I like that. Um, it's interesting. I can't put him ahead of my five. I can put him ahead of my, uh, my honorable mention. Uh, I can't okay. put him... And All right, so let's go to my list, okay? Um, mm-hmm. Kelsey, I have one. Kelsey, I have one. Mm-hmm. I have, at number two, a guy who's fallen off the radar for the past uh, couple of years at the tight end position, and now he's being reunited... I knew it. ...with a coach <laughs> that lit him up out in Denver and now they're reunited in Miami. Julius is still Thomas so good. I have it. Number two. I have him at number two. I also I it's funny, you and I have two together. I, I we match with Tate on one. You and I have two together. I have Walker at number three.
0: I love Delaney I have Walker. Walker Delaney does Walker is not, yeah. Does not just solid. He
1: yeah he is a solid performer. Uh, at number four, you have Jordan Reed. Uh, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't have him in my top six because okay. in four years, in four years, he has not played a full season yet. So uh, fifth year going to be magic maybe, but I can't based on injury performance so far. Uh, I have nothing to go on to make me believe anything will be any different. Um, mm-hmm. It's like somebody picking up to Sean Jackson. You know, right. you're not picking up to Sean Jackson of 20 when he was 24. You're picking up a guy who can't play a full season anymore, uh, I, and I just I, don't I understand things like that.
0: I agree with you completely on that part of it. Uh, the one thing, like I said when I mentioned him, is I re- I've, I've read a lot about where he made a concerted effort to actually do a lot of strength and conditioning training for the first time in his career. So I'm hoping that that equates and catches up with the talent that the guy actually has. Uh,
1: when you're four years, when, when, when it's four years running, that's not, oh, well, bad luck with injury. That's not next. Uh, hopefully, no. he strengthens, not hopefully he can, yeah, ho- hopefully he can uh, strengthen conditioned his heart. So that when he has a ding Perfect. and an owie, okay. <laughs> oh, I got an owie. I, I got to miss a game or two. Okay, that's the hope that he built up a heart. Um we'll see. At number four at number four I have uh Greg Olson.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Coach Olson's son. Uh I have him at number four just simply because I don't I think with the weapons that they added in particular through the draft that are pass catching threats, along with uh Benjamin along with Funches now trying to prove himself after a rough year last year. I thought he was going to have a better year, but I I truly believe that this year might be a, a little stronger year for him. And like I said, the draft that brought some pass-catching ability uh, out of the backfield and out of the slot area, it's going to be a, a, a not a bad year. False. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think he's capable of having a bad year, ever, unless he's completely injured. Uh, but just not, just just not top three. Just not top three performance. Right. And number five. Number five. Um, I, I've been saying this. I'm aggravating people with it, and I'm going to keep saying <laughs> it. And, and yeah, uh, shocking. I'm aggravating people. Um,
0: yeah, what a shock.
1: At number five, okay, folks, the idea of a quarterback and a system that is geared towards that quarterback because, well, hey, listen, he's Mr. All-American, Middle-America there. Uh, Martellus Bennett has Aaron Rodgers throwing to him in a a passing attack that likes to use the tight end and a passing attack that needs a tall – red zone target for a quarterback that has been begging for consistent tight end play. Yeah. Martellus Bennett at number five. Uh I've got honorable mention at another one. That's just completely off the board. Nobody's talking about this kid and I don't understand. He's pretty talented kid and I'm not saying that he's top five, but I can see top 10 out of this kid, somebody that you might want to go ahead and hold out for. Austin Hooper out of Atlanta, folks, is a big kid, big target, other than Julio. You got Sanu over there on the other side, but now a little bit more, another year under his belt. Let's see what this kid does. Started to come on a little bit here and there, okay, a little inconsistent this year. Now take the step, get the, those catches. A kid that I can Whoa. see making the jump into the top ten with the quarterback that he
0: has. Right. Now the, the scary thing is that's actually was my honorable mention as well, and the stat that I used for that is the tight end position for the Falcons last year, which was Hooper's rookie year, uh, 83 catches for the position, 10 touchdowns for the tight end position uh, in right. Atlanta. So when you look at that, it's basically him as the holdover, what's left of that, and a guy that uh, was targeted quite a bit by Matt Ryan in that absolutely embarrassing Super Bowl debacle uh, for the the Falcons, but a guy that Matt Ryan obviously already trusts. So there's 83 catches, 10 touchdowns. There's a lot of balls to go his way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, I have
0: have a little different,
1: uh, it seems, than both you and Tate, You and Tate seem to have almost, uh, you know, kind of similar players, not really, but more mixed around. I have players that neither one of you are really even mentioning, so it'll be interesting to see how how Julius Thomas or Martellus Bennett or.
0: I like Julius Thomas. I like Julius Thomas, but it still depends. Where do you have Thomas? I have Thomas around the 10 range. I need to see. I need to see Tanhill actually be able to throw to the tight end. I don't know if it was the fact that it was uh, Jordan Cameron last year, uh, Dick Marquise Gray. I don't know if it was the fact that these were the names he was thrown to, but he's never been really uh, big on the tight end position. I know Adam Gase is, so I think that one could go either way. Um, but I still think uh, you know. You mentioned you know. I I don't I don't. See 12 touchdowns in each of the year. He's been with Gay. So if he gets that kind of production, you're absolutely right. Um, I just think yeah. the one name that you left off, but you did say you liked and Hunter Henry is the one that people aren't talking about and they need to be.
1: Yeah. I liked it though. I, I definitely mm-hmm. like that. Definitely a top 10 guy. Quite, quite, quite possibly eh, seven. I'm at six, seven. Yeah. I like that. No, that was, <laughs> I, I definitely do like him without a question. Um, you mentioned just real quick, and then we'll go ahead. We'll switch gears. Get to another sport in a second. Um, about Gase, and uh, he likes to go to the tight end, and that Thomas is capable of it. You're wondering if Tannehill is. I'm uh-huh. I'm, I'm willing to I'm willing to bet that Mr. Gase already knows the answer to that. I'm willing to bet that Mr. Gase either knows that Tannehill can get the ball to him, and it was just a matter of, well, we had next to nothing at tight end last year, Um, or Gase is comfortable knowing that he can get Tannehill comfortable with him. You know, know, he's able to see – he's already – listen – You know, a good coach, remember one thing, folks, a good coach, a good coach knows his players' strengths, knows the players' weaknesses, knows where they can be coached and where they can't be coached. Now, I know, and it's it's a sensitive topic amongst you Miami fans, okay, about whether Tannehill is the guy or not. Okay, I think he is. I'm more than I'm more than confident that none of us know any better than Gase does. Oh, Gase agree. went out, and got I'm him a same tight same end. Yeah, got got Gase went out, got him a tight end that he knows he can work with, that Gase can work with. At a position he must feel Tannehill needs and it was a weakness because you do have very talented outside receivers you needed a we- weapon to take some of the pressure off and pull that middle back okay either off the receivers or you know what are they going to do when they don't have when they can't load the box against a jai what's a jai going to do when Julius Thomas has to be accounted for by a safety mm-hmm. or a linebacker, right. and now right. he's getting to that second level in space.
0: And 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 just to throw it out there real quick, so we have it on on air as a, you know, as a fact. I'm going to tell you right now, Jarvis Landry won't be the Dolphins' leading receiver by the end of this coming season. Parker, Mr. Parker will be. Mr. Parker will be. Mark my words on that one.
1: I like that. Oh, I could see that. I can see
0: this whole contract thing becoming a distraction for him, too.
1: For well, it's, it's going to
0: be fun in Miami. And Thomas, two years with Gase, 24 total touchdowns. I, I mean, I can't fault you for that at all.
1: You know, last year, Finns fans, I said that the uh, Dolphins would go ahead and uh, scare the hell out of Patriots. I might have been off just by one year. <laughs> Real quick, uh, before we uh, have to go, we've got 30 seconds left. Wrestling fans out there, okay, Enzo is losing his shitties out there, okay, to the point where Roman Reigns booted him from the talent bus. He wasn't a ro- allowed to ride with the rest of the talent, and it was Roman Reigns who put his boot down and said, no, get off the bus, okay? They've had about enough of his crap creating problems because him and Cass aren't together. And uh, also on the NHL front, Jester says by Canadian, but who real quick, we'll talk about it more next week. Okay. Start looking into Calgary folks, Calgary. JT, thanks so much for everything and joining us tonight. Great job as always, my brother. Well, looking forward to Wednesday. Take care. Wednesday folks, FXE live. Do not miss it. Tomorrow, I talk with Miss Kim Artlip, Ignite Wrestling, about possibly coming on the Fantasy Jester Show or FXE Live. We might have her on for the next FXE Live show on Wednesday. Wouldn't that be a treat? Folks, for all of us here at FantasyJesterSports.com, I am the Fantasy Jester. Thanks so much. Have a great night I am the Jester And I am out of here
0: Look If you had
1: One shot One opportunity